It's the Tiltcast, episode 473. Scowls! And this week, um, it is just me and Rusty as Jason is out camping, and we're going to talk a lot about Half-Life Alex, Vermintide 2, Stirring Abyss, Last Epoch, um, Red Solstice, and Vigil the Longest Night. So stay tuned. Watch out for the scowls! Uh, yeah, it's the Tillcast. It is. And just getting it out of the way, it is an M-rated show. Yep. I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. And mm-hmm. we have a Jason who is currently swimming. I mean, boating himself out of a uh, out of a uh, uh, camping spot. He went glamping. He did. And uh, it's uh, 9.59 p.m. at 7.10. Get ready for some time. Some certain amount of time. Some bullshit. Some some bullshit. We yeah, have a little some, bit. Some games with some news. Probably more game than more games. games. More games. But um, yeah, it's it's us. It's just us. It's the two of us. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we could manage. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So Jason's out. He was camping this weekend. For some reason, I completely spaced on the fact because he did say it yeah he gave like us, two or three weeks ago yeah he, he gave me all the shit for glamping when i went up north and then he's he says oh, i'm gonna go sleep in a tent but i'm going to make sure that i get myself a ac unit so that i don't like cook in a tent and then and, and then it fucking monsoons yeah to, uh, to, <laughs> we're having a very rainy july here and uh yeah, it was pouring buckets of rain for about an hour. <laughs> Dude, on the way here, it was like constant lightning and thunder. But I didn't run into any rain because it had already passed. It was it was like bright behind me and night in front of me because of how thick the fucking clouds were. It's It was crazy. Severe thunderstorms in Oklahoma are nothing. You know, nothing, nothing, nothing sticky. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually... Th- I plan on staying in this house probably for a while, uh-huh. and I'm thinking about making like an extended patio out on the back porch just so I can sit out there and watch it. You watch a storm? That's nutty. As long as I'm not actually under, or you know, out, out underneath it. I mean, the fucking lightning bolts will find you any uh, any way it can. So, but it, he's uh, gonna have like a fucking thirty foot fucking metal spire fucking like on a lightning rod a lightning right on fucking top of his house just to make sure he doesn't get fucking struck by lightning uh well i'm not i'm not i mean i can drive in it right i can sit in a covered spot in it but i don't like just wandering around just in walking, the rain walking out of lightning yeah well i don't have that much of a choice i have to walk from point a to point b on a normal daily basis, when I do my when I do my normal work thing, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, rain or shine. Fucking computers gotta get fixed. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> thunderstorm fucking happens, and then I'm uh, then then I'm fucking drenched. He would think, you know, he's carrying electronics. It's probably not good if it gets wet. Nobody fucking cares as long as it's not wet when it goes in. So that's why I know about certain drying agents, uh, you know, and what to use to dry out electronics. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about that the other night. Yeah, because somebody did something uh, with, with their uh, with their tank. Yeah. I was, so, I mean, you guys probably hear it, like, all three of us vape. 
Yes. Right? We all, if you listen to really early episodes, we smoke like freight trains on the oh show. Oh, my God. Literally everybody smoked on the show. It was three ashtrays on the fucking table, and by the time the de- the night was done, they were all full. It was crazy. We fucking, I think I went through was, about 10 cigarettes a show. It was it was nuts. Just it was it was excessive. Well, and that apartment was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm trying to think. So Scott was on the show a handful of times and he he smoked cloves sometimes. But everybody that was a regular on the show, yeah, smoked. Yeah, it was it was like nuts. even Matt was on the show, Matt smoked. Yeah. Um yeah, back when Matt smoked about a pack a day. Wow. Yeah, it's times have changed. Not hardly anybody smokes anymore. Well, I mean, that's good. I that's, guess it's that's a, good a really thing. good thing. We all <laughs> fuck uh, you, big tobacco. Right, exactly. We uh, we all transitioned to this uh, this this vaping thing mostly as a way to uh, you know get away from you know smoking cigarettes. I haven't had a cigarette in fucking years and years and years. I haven't years had a cigarette. So when I hit August. I don't remember the date, but it was in 2014 when I quit. 2014, yeah. It must so have been seven something years. very similar. I haven't smoked a cigar. I haven't smoked I haven't smoked anything. Right. It, and that is, and I, and I don't need to. I don't feel the need to, which is really great. Um, well, when I first started this, I was on 32 milligrams of nicotine. Yeah. I'm on 0.5. 0.5. I'm, I'm still at. I'm barely even getting nicotine from this, so. I'm at 12 still, but that's yeah. a big change from 32. Right. I was even 32 at a sub ohm. 0.5, And guy. we're not part of that goofy, like, blowing cloud subculture, though. We both have sub ohm tanks, and most of it's just because of the draw. Right. It's more... It's the closest thing to... When you're used to a cigarette, you're used to a bigger hit than the little bitty hit. And we... We don't need un- tricks or anything like that. No, we're not but, ridiculous. Yeah. That's stupid. But yeah. Um <laughs> but mean, yeah, it helped could... us it helped us all quit smoking. So like all of us quit smoking all at the same time, and that was a pretty big deal, I think, for all of us. Yeah. Pretty within a year, all of us were vaping. Yeah. Well, I mean it was a, a it was a big combination because there was I don't know who started first, but somebody started. I know me and Trent start tried to start before that and then failed because the shit we got was gross. We were, uh, Jason and I had actually started uh, doing it back when the only ones that were available were the single drip fucking pens that looked like, that lit up like a cigarette at the end. Like the very first, uh, you know, uh, iteration of, uh, of vaping. And uh, we, we tried, uh, we, we tried all kinds of stuff. You know, to, you know, to quit because Jason and I were, I mean, we were living together at the, uh, at that point. Uh, and he had told me there was no smoking in a house. And I, I respected that, but I also gamed and I didn't want to have to fucking like stop what I was doing, go outside, sweat balls outside because it's Oklahoma and it's fucking hot in the summer and it's like 110 fucking degrees in the shade. And uh, sit out there, fucking do that, smoke a cigarette as fast as I fucking can, come in smelling like fucking ash, and, you know, sit down and fucking, you know, game for another 30 minutes before I had to do it all over again. It's way more convenient if I could just, like, you know what? That's good. And off, uh, off to the races I go. So, yeah, my house, I smoked, so... 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think because I got this house in November 2013, actually. Yeah. But I remember smoking a little bit in the house and then immediately feeling really guilty about it. We did a stream. Yep. The extra life stream that we did was, I think, that November. That's how long it's been. That, yeah, it was It was that day. You, know, and you that didn't was, want to go outside, and I was like, oh. Uh, I smoked in the house once. And you felt really bad about it. Yeah. And that was the last time that I ever smoked in this house. Well, that's good. That's very good. But that's my house neat. doesn't smell like cigarettes now, which is nice. And, um, and if you'd seen the apartment that I moved out of to go uh, to move into Jason's place, oh my God, it was well, terrible. Me and Trent were smoking a pack and a half of Camel Wides mm-hmm. every single, not fortunately not sponsored. Uh, right. In that apartment together. And then, I don't know what was wrong with us, but we didn't understand cleaning very well um i remember holly came over and bought a vacuum and then filled the vacuum up like seven times she's like all right i'm gonna leave this here just use it just use it i don't care what you she uh, lived in an apartment about about three doors down and she was over all the time so she's like you guys need to just use every vacuum this is gross every so often just like you know vacuum (laughs) which it made a difference and then I started to get a lot better about it. Um, but anyways, I digress. What you, Where the story came from is I was changing up the little atomizer thing in my tank. Yeah. And it was a little bit dark. I was a little bit out of it. And then I threw the whole bottom part in the trash and had to dig through the trash the other night. And it didn't just fall on top. It sunk all the way through all the layers of like gross paper towels and chicken bones and everything else all the way to the bottom. Oh, nasty. And I had to dig through all of that and i was like really is it not there and then i see like two eggshells a little piece of wadded up paper towel and the atomizer and i was like what the hell do i do with this and you're like just drop it in some isopropyl i know rinse it off and then throw some alcohol and right let you're it sit it. for a little butt and then you know dump it out and then let it dry off since alcohol it'll evaporate right which i did and then that night also burned out my atomizer because i wasn't paying attention but whoops Anyways, long story short, it was it was an adventure. Yeah. And then the other adventure I had today is I was, I've got a, my work has this reward store that a lot of other companies use. And anyways, you get points for different things, right? Yeah. It's an incentive store that's for corporations. And um, I'd gotten some Serwin Vega speakers, so some six and a half for my car. I got an amp that's 2,200 watts. Um, wow. Which is a little overkill, but yeah. the... The door speakers are rated at 300 watts apiece. They're server in Vegas, so it's not cheap shit. No. But and I wanted something to drive those. And then I've been trying to get a deck through that, but for whatever reason, every time I try to order a deck, um, they're out of stock. So yeah. my brother has an old car that had a stereo in it, and he was getting ready to sell the car. He's like, do you want the stereo in that car? Sure. I was like, I mean, I'd rather give you the money than give it to Amazon. How old's the stereo? And he's like two years old. I was like, okay, how much do you spend on it? He's like, 350 bucks, and he gave the model number. It's a JVC, double den, so it's the big screen. Yeah. It plays DVDs. I don't know if they'll ever use that, but... It plays DVDs on that little screen? Yeah. You could watch, like, you know, you, you could watch movies on that? Yeah. Wow. So... Mine doesn't it, do that. It does play, and it also plays any kind of media, so I could record media to a DVD and play put it in there and let it play or who uses and it has, media anymore it has a usb drive or a usb connection too so you could plug in a usb drive and play stuff off the drive does it actually play lossless tracks I don't that's know. all i know 
I don't that's, know. That's all I want to know. I mean, I haven't tried it. Well, so the I don't know. I was going to say I think the Amazon stuff on my phone is in FLAC audio when I do the Ultra HD. Right. So it could, but I've never actually looked at the files themselves to see. I know it's at three, no, five hundred and forty kps is the bitrate. Okay. Which is FLAC is about that. Yeah. It's same as Wave basically. <laughs> like it's just a hair smaller than a wave file. I mean, and the, the album large files. Yeah. yeah, the albums take up quite a bit of space because every track is like a hundred megs. Yeah, but we've got the space for it. We don't need to have this compressed MP3 bullshit anymore. Well, and that was the other thing. I was trying to get a, a stereo that played CDs because I yes, I still listen to CDs. Uh, the sound quality is good, right? And there's a yes. lot of no, there's a lot of 24 bit CDs with 24 bit audio now. Um, for the people that are more in the audio file stuff, and so it plays that. Um, and whenever possible, if I really like an album, I'll get it in 24-bit audio. Okay. So, like, if Radiohead ever re-releases Kid A in 24-bit audio, you better believe that, even though I have a collector's edition of that, I would be getting that in 24-bit audio. Of course you would. Because fucking Radiohead, and there's so much going on. I want to hear it all, you know? Right, right. But, anyways, I digress. So, we... uh. Got that stereo from him. He sold it to me for 100 bucks cash, and I was like, done. Hell yeah. That's I was going to spend 120 on a mid-range JVC. Um, if you want to get rid of that for 100 I will give you... I gave him a little bit extra. I was just like, fuck it. But um, anyway, so he brought that over. I ordered all the stuff, and then me and my father and my brother proceeded to tear my dash apart um, and learn how to install a stereo today. Um, I've... So in the old days, right, it wasn't that hard. So I remember in high school, I had my old Escort. Somebody stole the stereo out of my car. I knew who it was. I broke into his Firebird. I stole my stereo back and plugged it back in my car <laughs> and left him with a broken window because I was pissed off. I mean, this is as you do. This was the 90s, so no charges were pressed. Fucking crowbar it. But yeah. yeah. No, I took a brick and ran it through his window. Okay. That makes, I was mad. That, I mean... Because I was like, it's missing, tools. and this was somebody who didn't like me. I look in his Firebird, and this was one of the rich kids that goes to my school, right? This is 1998. He drives the 1998 Firebird. Right? Of course. I have a 1990 Ford Escort, and he, like, jimmied open my door and stole my stereo. Because I had a decent stereo in there. If he's... Mm. And mm. so it made me mad, so I broke his window and pulled my stereo back out. And I would, too. And then I, mean, I clipped all the wires that he had in there as short as possible, so you'd have to really, really, really have to mess with it. That <laughs> uh, looks like Lola's oh, got a geez, mouth. Jeez, she just, like, launched into your chest. She uh, she, she leapt <laughs> she leapt two and a half feet in the air to jump on Rusty's shoulders, almost. She needs a hug. Wow. Dog, you are launching yourself. She just... So what happens, and at some point, you know, when we did the Patreon, we'll do the dog cam or something. Um, she uh, she really likes a few people. Rusty's, she likes everybody, but she really likes Rusty and Jason. And Rusty's here. You hear it every episode, but she jumps under his chest to lick his face. Yeah, even if, I wasn't even ready for that one. That one was just like, I knew she was coming, and I took the earbuds out just to, you know, to make sure that she didn't snag a cable or anything. Damn, she launched herself like a fucking torpedo right at my chest. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I didn't know what to do with Lola. So I was like, I was trying to leave her out in the backyard. I thought it would only take us a couple hours because, you know, 
last time I did this wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Didn't realize we'd have to completely rewire the wiring harness that I got, which was the pain point that I didn't oh, know about. Oh, God. Yeah. So, after a, about an hour of her trying to stick her nose under the fence and crying, I was like, all right, fuck it. Grabbed the leash, put her on the harness, and then just tied her to my belt loop. And she didn't really pull that much. Honestly, most of the time she was content to just be there. Occasionally she'd get distracted. But for the most part, she just sat right next to us and watched us. Um, yeah. And then licked the back of our legs as we were trying to work. Um, because? Because she's, she's an honorary little fart. She's, she's a unique individual. So... Ripped a corrupt part of my dash, broke one of the panels, and oh. kind of pieced it together. But finally had... So, like the instructions, we found instructions for wiring his stereo on the internet. But it was saying, so like white to white with black, right? Green to green with black, right? Right. And so we did all of that, and then plugged it in, and then no sound. But Eesh. at power, no sound. I was like, okay. So we started swapping wires one by one until we... Jeremy, my brother, is finally like, let's just match them up. Yeah. Let's just match color to color. Let's not worry about the black right now. Let's just do it. And somebody might tell me, oh, you did something wrong. Maybe I did, Maybe. but it works. But anyways, um, so we did. And after almost three hours later, we had that stupid thing wired. That was the thing that took us the longest amount of time. And then I've got an amp, right? So we were going to do that. So we didn't think about having to drill a hole in the firewall to get a wire to my battery. So what we ended up doing is ended up plugging in all the wires like three different times until we figured out the amp instructions. But um, we had to pull the stereo out over and over and over again. So we finally said, you know what? I don't want to pull this out again. We're just going to run the wires through the dash over to the passenger seat for when we put in the amp. And we're going to call it good. Mm -hmm. And let's just start working on door speakers and get that done. And then fortunately, door speakers weren't that bad. That was really fucking easy. Yeah. Um, he had to... My brother does did body work for a living for a while, and now he does he paints the entire inside of uh, flight simulators. Okay, um, but anyways, he has all the tools for disassembling pieces of the body. So he's got for carts like spudges and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, like the weird things that get the clips and all that yep. other shit, and all the plastic uh, prying tools. Yep. So we figured out how to get one done, which took us an hour. And then all the other ones took us like 20 minutes a piece to wire in. Yeah, as soon as you figure out where all the fucking clips are, you're like, okay, pop, 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 done. So yeah, I did that all day. And then being out in 90 plus degree heat for the majority of the day, even Lola was really fucking Cranky. white. Yeah. Um, triggered a migraine. My brother and dad were like, we can put the amp in tonight. I was like, nope, it's like almost five o'clock. You guys got to go. I've got a migraine right now. I've <laughs> got to do stuff. Just going to go. I, I, need, go. I need a nap. I need to try out the stereo, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So made an excuse, went to go pick something up at the store, um, and then just drove. Like, I drove 70 miles Yeah, for I mean, no it's... reason other than playing with a stereo. Right. I mean, you and, just got it in uh, installed. It's not amped, which means that the speakers aren't putting out everything that they could, but they still put out decent sound. It's it's already louder than what I had, so it's 50 watts a channel off that stereo, mm -hmm. and then I've got four channels at 300 watts each off the amp that I can run to the speakers, which is what the speakers are rated for. Right. So, it's not multiplicative. It's not going to be six times louder, but it means that it'll drive the bass a lot better. It'll drive everything a lot better once I get it plugged in. Right. <laughs> um, 
And then Krusty's over here like, you need to get a sub, too. You need to get a cannon, is what I'm saying. Just throw a fucking cannon in the back seat. You don't ever use the back seat for anything other than groceries, so you might as well just, like, put a cannon in the back. At some point, I might. Um, I plan on... The car's only got 60,000 miles on it, even though it's 10 years old. Yeah. So, I I plan on running it into the ground probably another five or six years, unless I get independently wealthy and get a GTO or something. But yeah. I don't see any reason why not to make a car that gets... 30 plus miles a gallon my daily driver anyway right right i mean uh, i yeah the stereo is the most important part of the car for me for the most part i mean having a high powered car would be great but just the fact like i just want a reliable vehicle that gets really good gas mileage that has like that has this type of sound system in it that when i turn it up to medium volume my fucking headlights dim yeah <laughs> No, you don't want it like that because you're going to burn through alternators like I did as a teenager. I, I used to go through alternators on my other car. I think I put two of the fucker in there. Yeah, so, so I had a... I had... It's got its own generator in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had a Saturn when I was younger, so right after I got out of high school, I bought a fairly late model Saturn, and I put two 12s in the back, and then, you know, I had... That car had six by nines in the back, it had six and a halfs in each door and then sixes in the front. And I want to say that amp, so it was a Rockford Fosgate amp that was the old school, looks like a huge ass brick right. that I had in the in the trunk. And back then it only cost like $200 to get installed. So I had that one professionally installed. But um, that thing fucking shook the shit out of my car. Oh, of course. Um, I'd play like trance and shit like that in there, or noise industrial. I'm a I'm a weirdo who played noise industrial in my, um, in my car with a sub. Um, okay. So if you're ever bored, like cranked up stuff like Kraftwerk or Mental Destruction or something like that, or anything Aunt Zen, which is the name of a company that did a lot of the noise industrial stuff out of the Chicago and northern regions i'm probably familiar with some of it yeah but think like noisy ministry yes so anyways i used to crank that up and annoy the piss out of everybody around me which i didn't mind um (laughs) again i'm kind of really deaf in one ear that's that's one of the reasons but that was a really loud car like it rattled so hard with the speakers like i almost felt like i was gonna bust my windows like it was so fucking loud and this was before a lot of remotes for standard and cars. So like I'd go somewhere and then people would ask me to turn on some music. Right. And of course I'd be a little bit more normal with my choice at that point. Right. But right. it's like, here's a CD, drop that in. All right. It's a mix CD that I made and then crank it up. So you'd have to like go in there and almost hold your ears and then crank it up and then get out and then do whatever you're at doing at the lake or whatever. But so loud, literally cranked it all the way up, got on a jet ski and was out on the lake and could hear it while I was out on the lake. Wow. Um, Stupid loud. Pretty crazy. But I'm not looking for that nowadays. No. Um, I'm a little bit older and I don't play music quite that loud. I don't necessarily need something where I turn it up and it knocks the rust off the bottom of the vehicle. It's just, you know, I just need something that has some good, clear sound in it. Well, and this was before I found, so like I found these uh, adapters that hold your speakers Mm. that actually keep it from rattling your door, which is what I got in there. Um, Great. Not real expensive, but just the adapters. I think I spent uh, fifteen bucks a pair, yeah. um, and that was one hundred percent worth it. Like oh, they for sure. they mount the speaker off the door, and they've got some really solid ass bolts that that 
um, connect to it, but it doesn't rattle my door. Like you didn't hear the rattle of my door at all. No, that was that's one of the big big issues with uh, with with the early systems that I had was just it would it would rattle like because most of that shit is just plastic on you know you know plastic clips just like you were saying that it would rattle those plastic clips so bad that it would it would distort nearly anything that you tried to play uh and i i just hated that rattle like uh there's you were talking about bass tubes and there was this guy that yeah. i went to high school with that had an s10 and we threw a bass tube in his truck and installed that with some speakers and it like you know in that truck he's got like two little tweeters right and then two like fours that are in his doors and then the bass tube underneath but he had like an 1100 watt amp so boom yeah there was like 200 watts going to those four little speakers and then everything he listened to was like okay this is back in the day like master p and then bone okay right all like right hardcore gangster rap kind of stuff okay and it would like rattle his the whole inside of that little cab yeah like the mirrors shaking all over the place yep it, it looks was, like a T-Rex is coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Like, the, rattle your ass so much it makes you want to poop. Uh, you you got to feel it in every single bone of your body. I'm just, I mean. I mean, these, the 90s were a great time, I feel like. I, I do miss it because I was the goth kid. I did have a trench coat. And my buddy was, like, total, like, wannabe thug. I've seen pictures. But, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a true story. But, you know, me and him hung out. We were really good friends, and you know, we just traded off music. But, you know, we both a- wanted speakers. We both wanted stuff with subs in it because I did have a little system in my in my escort. Mm-hmm. It just translated to a much bigger system when I had a real job and spent yeah. all my money on stupid shit like car stereos. Yeah, well, you know. I... I had I to wait till I want you off my company store to get this one. Right. I didn't, I didn't actually get too deep into, uh, you know, to, uh, getting car systems though. I could, uh, I could have put some in, but there was, I mean, honestly, I didn't actually really own a vehicle until I moved to Oklahoma, which was well after my twenties. Right. So, um, you know, so it was um, not. I didn't really get to uh, to do all the stuff that you got to do, but I had put in plenty of systems, or put in, or helped people put in and wire some of those systems. So I understand where you're coming from with the wiring shit. Well, I mean, I had roommates all the way up until just a little under ten years ago, right? So my bills, my monthly bills. So like when me and Trent lived together, our monthly bills each, including my cell phone, our internet. TV, everything. Um, I want to sp- say I spent four fifty a month, so everything was gravy at that point. Oh yeah, of course. So I had lots of extra money for no reason. Yeah, um, but you didn't want to put anything into your vehicle at that place. No, no, because <laughs> it did get stolen. Um, one of the stereos that I had put in my old car at that point did get stolen out of there. Yeah, and that's when I decided I wasn't putting a stereo in my car. Which translated all the way over to here, and then I finally, this is, I haven't had a car stereo since 2012. Right. That was an aftermarket stereo. So this was a big deal to me to get an aftermarket stereo. Um, other random things. Um, me and you discovered some weird-ass music the other night. 
Yes, dude. Uh, so uh, we were kind of what started this path was both playing a lot of Tank Grill, and we can transition to that here in a second. Right. And what's the group that's Danheim, right? Danheim is the uh, is the group that does a, a good portion of the music for Tainted Grill. They're uh, most notably like the boss music and stuff like that is, you know, is a Danheim track. It's like Mongolian throat singing with some like pagan overtones, I guess would be a good way of it, describing it. That's electronic. Yeah, it's yeah, it is very electronic. Yeah. If you look at, uh, if you listen to any of the tracks on, uh, you can, you can actually play their tracks online. If you search for Danheim, uh, the, uh, tracks are very clean uh to a point where it's you, you can tell that it's electronic because of that uh, they're it's they're more super like clean soundscapes it's almost they like do, a soundtrack they do have a uh, uh some you know they do soundtracky style stuff but it's very soundscapey just like you said it does evoke the feeling of like old norse yeah. it's just that in in a recording sense, and if you if you're listening to it, it's not. It's very clean. I don't I don't know what the what that sound is, but that sounds weird. Um, but the uh, it, it's clean like an electronic cla- track is clean. Like you can pick out the samples. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a little bit quieter. Um, but we we're you'd mentioned that and I was like. Okay, because I thought it was, um, what's the name? High Lung. High Lung, yes. I thought it was High Lung because I'd heard a track by High Lung before, and it's because uh, I'd never heard of him before. But um, the new trailer for uh, Hellblade 2 right. um, had a track from them. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check some of their stuff out. So I got a whole bunch of their stuff off my Amazon Music subscription. And I listened to like two or three tracks. I was like, okay, that's not bad. That's different. But then I kind of forgot it. I wasn't in the mood for it. And then out of the blue, when we started talking about that again, I was like, I'm going to look for this on YouTube. Yeah. And then I found a concert with them. And I was like, holy fuck, this is weird. Um, so, High Lung is a, uh, how do you even describe this? It's got that weird throat singing stuff, but it, it's got the sound scrape stuff. But it's like um, pagan war chants. It's, it's like Norse war chant music. It, you you said... It, Oh, what was it? In uh, uh, you had s- described it as, uh, was it Norse in, like Norse uh, war industrial? <laughs> Norse war industrial. That's what. Uh, yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, that's, it's not really. I mean, I guess you could consider it industrial, as then they sample stuff and loop stuff, but it's got a lot of drone instruments and a lot of percussion, even bones. Yes, um, I but mean it, they use bones to hit the drums. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I highly recommend anybody just watching a performance. Yes, um, because it is performance art for sure. It is, and it really like if they play use a lot more of this for Hellblade, like it's gonna really match it. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of scary, kind of uh, sorry, really repetitive, but building repetitive kind of stuff it reminds me like a it's it's more it's it has a uh it it does have some like historical tie like for instance all their lyrics are based on like historical 
Nordic right. references, like so, Odin and all this other stuff. So the uh, the first track that you put up on you know uh, you know and shared on uh, on your Facebook, um, I forget exactly what it is, but I'll I'll be able to find it here. Call in a second. Stolter or something. Like yeah, that. something it's- like that. Basically, what that is is it's a uh, war chant that invokes Odin. Uh, and th- there is a English translation for the the old Norse that they're using. Okay. I'm going to try to pronounce this Alpha de Hirahatai. I don't know. Yeah, you're. It's there's a lot of uh, syllables there. Yeah, you're you're murdering that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, look up Heilung H E I L U N G Lifa, which is the name of the concert. Right. It's it is definitely worth you know at least checking out i know that there's been plenty of people who have checked it out cuz what some of those had like 27 million the views the concert had 27 million views yeah. and it was apparently their first ever concert i mean but it's one of those things where you know i would i would 100% find tickets for that and show up to one of their shows just for the experience it's a it's just really a it's just something. It's completely different than what you're used to. Yeah, it's it's it definitely falls in the category of world music. Like it's they're taking it's a modern spin on pagan war chants. Yeah, that's that's the easiest way to uh, describe it. But like just sampling a big ass like ram's horn and then like using that as the drone and then having a bunch of drums behind it then having like guys painted up like vikings on stage chanting with them while they're doing their shit it's i mean with spears and shields and yeah yeah like crazy it it feels like you're about to go to battle right there you've got that the that dirty woad looking fucking or that dirty fucking viking look not woad because that's scottish or whatever but it's it's they've got that dirty look like it, they looked like extras from the uh, from the show vikings yeah they really did um and that really was pretty awesome and of course you can't forget that fucking you know the chick the the lead you know the oh, that's lead dressed vocalist. up like some kind of like viking shaman she is haunting yeah she's it's, got a good voice too yeah she is absolutely haunting she, you know, uh, you can't ever, you know, she's got this headdress where she can't, you can't see your eyes. Um, so it's, it, it is just, she is awesome. Like she's got really great clean vocals, but she can go wickedly like fucking full Norse. Like she feel you, she will go at, off on something and you feel like you've just been cursed. Yeah, there was a video I was watching and then somebody said, so the posture she's doing are references to the different Nordic runes in that song that they're talking about. And I was like, well, that's a lot of attention to detail. Right. Yeah, no, they get really into it, Um, which is, I mean, I mean, if you're you're using antlers as the uh, uh, as the drumsticks for uh, for a lot of. You know the old definitely not vegan, and I think that was a big not selling pe- a big selling point for me <laughs> yeah. is that it wasn't vegan, non vegan. It's definitely not vegan for sure. A lot of bones involved. Uh, the the war drums, you know, uh, uh, everything well, about that. It was just uh, like I well, like got those, sucked into it. Yeah, like you know the drums that they use. So like uh, the hand drums that they use with uh, like traditional Scott music, mm-hmm. like they had those kinds of drums too. So, like, she's, even in some of those songs, playing that traditional hand drum yes. with a mallet on top of everything else. But there's, it's, yes, it's, uh, 
yeah, it's like Rammstein two thousand years ago. Yeah, I could I could see that. It's like you know you could it's it's out there with the who the the, the Mongolian band who. Okay, all right, make makes sense. Um, if you haven't heard it, they're they had do the throat singing stuff. Yeah, I I don't know. It's you know it's it's a, it's a metal band that decided to go back to traditional Mongolian throat singing as part of their vocal style. Yeah, which is pretty interesting, honestly. I don't know. I I have. A weird shifting taste in music, and sometimes it ma- uh, matches my mood, and sometimes it's just like, you know, it, it just, I, I've always really been interested in the, you know, in like the old Norse style, you know, style music, which is I, mostly I listen, drums. Cause I listen to all strings. sorts of weird shit. I mean, I think a lot of people peg me for a metalhead here. Like I'm, like I said, I was talking about it earlier, like I'm a huge Radiohead fan. Um, I just like unique music. I, I think that's what it is, right? I, it's not that I'm a snob against radio stuff, but radio stuff is kind of like the peanut butter and jelly of music. Yeah. And it's all kind of crafted the same. I, I typically like stuff that doesn't have a traditional structure. Um, I like so the like, 12 minute songs that have like a three minute buildup. Like Modest Mouse is another favorite of mine. I really love Modest Mouse. Um, Mogwai is another favorite of mine. If you've never heard Mogwai, it's just soundscape stuff. Right. Another band I really like is called Godspeed You Black Emperor, which is soundtrack stuff. If you want to know what they sound like, 28 Days Later, the first movie, there's a bridge scene. That's actually what kind of got them on the map. That's actually how I heard about them. Okay. But it's uh, string instruments with guitars and drums, but no vocals usually. There's usually some kind of spoken word, but they're like 18-minute songs that just build on each other until it gets to a huge cacophony and then it dies down. Right. Um, It feels like the wasteland um you know everything ties back to something kind of fallout related but um um yeah it just i like a lot of stuff that's just different and it's not to be a snob it's just getting bored i i haven't liked a lot of mainstream music since soundgarden it's it's good to you know, to branch out and actually look at you know look at all of this if you want to know of like stuff. talent bands i actually hate uh, me and earl had this discussion regularly i really dislike dave matthews 100 <laughs> percent 100% dislike Dave Matthews. Um, <laughs> I can't stand that guy's voice. And I don't like most of the fans. Like, Earl's the only Dave Matthews fan I think that I'm friends with that's a hardcore fan because Earl's a huge Dave Matthews fan. <laughs> and then, uh, but we usually get into this war on the internet about Dave Matthews. I feel like about once a month. If you uh, if you ever wanted to troll Justin, that's that's what you do is you send him a uh, Dave Matthews CD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm not going to do that for your you know for your birthday. I I swear. But long story short, um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting experience. Me and Rusty were checking that out the other night. Been getting this habit because I'm working so late of uh, hitting each other up and either playing single or player or multiplayer games. And Rusty had gotten a lot farther in Tenant Grail. Um, honestly, we've been playing a shitload of uh, Vermintide. Mm, yes. Um, and that's so I'm going to kind of move into this more organically. We are having a big issue because that last co-op game that we wanted to play right. sucked so bad. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is not a good game it's, and it, it it had a lot of potential and that was going to be our new thing. Dark Alliance was supposed to be good. It was not. We good. can't find anything that's not a PVP shooter aside from Deep Rock Galactic or Vermintide 2. And, and there is literally nothing like 
Vermintide 2. And don't say Left 4 Dead because Left 4 Dead's a shooter. It's it is. And it's it's a, zombies and Rusty doesn't do zombies because if we were going to do zombies, we would have done Zombie Nazi Army 4. Uh-huh. Which, and that, no. which Rusty didn't want to play, which isn't a bad game. I, if anybody else wants to play it, I'm willing to play it way late at night. It's on Game Pass. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, there's no... Like, Vermintide 2 is like the best ARPG in first person that you've ever played. And Chaos Wastes takes the levels and like turns them inside out and flips them around and randomizes it really well. Mm -hmm. Like that one map we were on was like, had all this fire and ice all over the place. And then it transitioned to like sewers or something like that. And then like the back streets. And then they all have this theme of the God, the chaos God that you're going against. Right. So like sometimes there's like skulls all over the place or there's like all sorts of weird floaty shit or, Right. super purple or whatever but they use it to mix really well and the modifiers are great too so like one of our favorite modifiers is this modifier skulls modifier skulls. Um, skulls. it's a it's an exploding skull so sometimes uh you know when you're uh when you're playing some of the uh the map nodes will be cursed by this god and it'll be a uh, god named corn uh chaos god and he will basically hex certain enemies so that when they die, they will drop an exploding skull, which explodes in a radius. And uh, I just absolutely love there's a like a the witch uh, NPC in the castle, you know, basically describes the curses to you as you go. Uh, and she's like, watch out for the exploding skulls. And uh, <laughs> so you, you kill an enemy, it drops, it's like it drops a grenade, essentially. Right. And then everybody has to dodge it. And it's just fun because sometimes when you're killing hordes, you just get these chain reaction explosions all over. It's amazing. Uh, Unless and, you're in it. Yeah. But <laughs> Vermitide's Chaos Waste gives you these random buffs, these random, um, mm-hmm. like you start off with level 250 weapons and then it moves up from there. And you find currency through every level and that currency is what you use to buy buffs which are more than your standard buffs so there's a whole set of standard ones Mm -hmm. and then it picks from your skill tree all the skills that you don't have as additional buffs that you can get so you can stack your skills together which is pretty insane it's nuts and you get to a pretty ridiculous build like way better build than you'll a way more powerful build than you'll ever get in the base game and there's different potions in that too but all the modifiers and everything else make it a very unique experience every single time. Um, Rusty's having so much fun. Your uh, your dwarf is at like level thirty five plus fifteen or something yes. like that. Thirty five uh, level thirty five plus fifteen. And I've got every character at this point except for the dwarf over twenty five. So because I won't ever let him play the dwarf. I told you I'll let you play Varden if uh, if you want to get him to a specific level. But well, the only reason I have to level Barden is if we were using him as an NPC. So mm-hmm. we're not going to use him as an NPC. It'll just be to justify my purchase of his character. Okay. Well, so, but I, I'm not at a point where I want to. I don't. The only I only enjoy Slayer the most. I, I do enjoy Slayer a lot. Okay. Slayer's the berserker version of the dwarf, and he leaps and then attacks faster. Yes. Um, but he can only use melee. But he can like launch himself across the screen. Which is great. You see a special, and you just launch yourself and buzzsaw something down. Uh, I thought that that Slayer was going to be uh, because you you have a melee weapon and a ranged weapon normally on any of the classes. 
and having a ranged weapon is hugely advantageous for you know, f- you know fighting off certain specials that'll stunlock you essentially. Um, you know, and I thought giving up my ranged weapon and having two melee weapons would be kind of like worthless, but it gives you options in this game mode. So you don't necessarily know what weapon you're going to be using as you go through these levels. You could, uh, when you hit the melee exchange weapon, uh, it could be literally any weapon that you had unlocked for that character, uh, which means you could start with uh, whatever weapon you want to start with. Like, for instance, I start with a great axe, um, and then I hit that melee upgrade weapon and I end up with a war pick or a fucking single axe or dual hammers or some, you know, you, you never know with, um, uh, with having two melee weapons. If you get a shit melee weapon, you can just swap over to the next one and just go on. And that's what happens it's, whenever I get a war pick because fuck war picks. <laughs> I, and see, I, sometimes I play grail Knight, which also has the same issue, except that he doesn't have a launch. So for him, if you see a special, you have to either throw a bomb at it or you have to parry it or knock it back at exactly the right time, which is almost a parry. But you have to time yourself to knock him back before you start to hit him. So you have to knock back plus hit heavy, or you have to have your special ready and then slam it. it the, I like the Grail Knight's like overhead slash because it looks like a big old flice water. Right. Um, Just like, get the fuck down! Whop! Um, <laughs> Especially if you're like wielding a hammer at that point it just feels like you're just using a sledgehammer but <laughs> grill knight's incredibly powerful melee class um really holds his own and we leveled him up so we got better quests so he gives you these quests to give you buffs every level so you collect so many coins or you kill so many specials or elites or whatever and then you unlock like health regen or whatever and then damage reduction or extra power or whatever you know it's it's, it's some little bone but it, I mean, if you get, you know, regeneration, that can save your ass. Yeah. So, like, we get to a point where you don't even, it's like I've held on to this health potion for like two levels at this point because my health is regening so fast. Right. It's, but, it's actually really great. But, yeah, that game is just all around. There's nothing that beats it. And we're looking for Dark Tide, which doesn't come out for who knows how many months. We've got Aliens... The new the aliens fire team elite or whatever the fuck it is. I hope it's not something where we have to play four player. Uh, maybe I don't know. We don't know enough about these things. But it comes out next month, and it's definitely something that we're going to give a go because I mean, it, we have to have um, we have to have something new co op. That we can play. It's not just for the show. And it's not, yeah, not just for the show. <laughs> Me and Rusty just, have put 100 hours of co-op into Vermintide at this point. And it's just because there isn't anything else to fucking go to. And with Deep Rock, it's not that Deep Rock is a bad game by any means. I think me and Rusty have unlocked fucking everything off the most part. I have, not, you've un, you got two levels to go. Not everything. I've literally unlocked every single class. I've gotten every class to max level. I'm not even getting anything out of it other than the gameplay. And so I, mean, I know they're unlocking cores. Like there's still yeah, there's still box. I still got get. a little bit left, but I've got it's one of my most played games at this point, and for good reason. It's a great game. Like if we had some randoms that wanted to jump in and say, "Hey, like, will you play Deep Rock with us?" Well, fuck we, yeah, we'd play Deep Rock. Um, but there's just those are the two games, Doors and Doors, which we've been playing Dwarf, for so long. Doors and Doors, yes, for sure. And 
we need some more options. Like there's, we were playing elite sort of co-op, but you want to do different things in elite than I want to do. Yeah. And elite is not good right now. No, it's not. So we're kind of waiting on them to fix Odyssey. If hopefully they do, I'm I'm hoping so. But I'm also like at this point, I want know. them to because I really want to play that in VR. And they fucked it up right after I got my VR headset in VR. And I was like, "Fuck, it won't I run had, in VR." I had learned all the fucking controls. Went to the you know went up north to visit family. Came back. And I'm like, I still remember the controls. Let me look at Odyssey. Oh, Odyssey's shit. Oh, oh, they fucked VR. And I was, I had learned the controls by touch so that I could put a headset on and not be reliant on my keyboard. Uh, and that really blows because I have now forgotten all of the controls again. Yeah, I'm a. I'm going to have to relearn how to fly again. Uh, and that it's it's really bothering me right now so, it is and it because the steam cell ended up buying a lot of vr titles right like i i've talked a little bit about it last week but um convinced rusty to pick up half-life half-life alex, alex. yep um and i know you haven't gotten far i had a migraine today i had to sleep it off before the show so i didn't get a chance to try it again but yeah. What are, you've gotten a little ways into it so far, right? So I'm probably uh, probably about an hour, hour and a half into it. It's not uh, so. There is a point where the combat starts, uh, and I am at that point. Um, actually, I can tell you exactly the point I'm at. The first upgrade station for your weapons. Um, what I've found is. Uh, Half-Life Alex is probably the best iteration of a VR game that like takes all of the VR gimmicks and makes it work in a game. Like for instance, um, you know, you, you spend, they spend a lot of time at the very beginning of the game, just moving you through an environment and that. You, you, you think that would be kind of boring, but after a bit, it becomes second nature to move through the environment. That whole first section is just to make you learn to move. But it's organic. Right. But it's very organic. It doesn't like pop up and say you, I mean, it pops up once at the very beginning, use this to move. And then afterwards, it's more like trial and error. You're going to a door. You literally have to open the door. And, like, move through it. I think the cool um, things were, and I was telling you about this, is, like, when you... Because me and you have a very similar... We're both using an, a version of Oculus. Right. The, your controllers are slightly differently oriented, but they have the same buttons. And I was telling him, I was like, so when you touch the triggers, you'll see her index fingers move. Oh, yeah. You, you don't even have to push down. You just touch the triggers, and it senses your finger, and then you see her fingers move. There's It's really immersive. There's actually... Touch and points on, on the, the you know, for the thumbs so that you can ball up the hands as, into a fist. But the thing about uh, Half Life Alex is that 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 hand movement is even finer detail if you have an index because the index will track each finger. Yeah, so you could literally flip somebody off in Alex if you wanted to. Um, yeah, but, we don't have those controls are like three hundred bucks. I yes, <laughs> those those controls. Not only are they 300 bucks, And they only work with the Vive system. Yeah, they only work with the Vive system because it uses the Vive lighthouses for tracking. Um, 
But, I mean, if, if I was to ever actually get into, uh, you know, or want to upgrade past where I'm at, which, I mean, is a possibility if they've, uh, if, if something like Alex actually takes off and more games like it at that same caliber are made, then, yeah, there would be, it's it would, got a shitload of, I mean, it's got like, Almost it's sixty thousand reviews. Isn't on it, it overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive? I think it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty it's the, close. It's the most reviewed VR game on Steam. I mean, it's it the is the best it, VR game on Steam because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of games that have a full campaign like that. Well, there's not a lot of games that take all of the different. I'm gonna I, I all of the features. I want to say gimmicks, but because and that's really what it is. VR is a set of gimmicks, and a game is based off of a single gimmick. Well, but um, we're also even doing different movement styles. Like you're doing the teleport movement, and then I'm doing the continuous movement because I've gotten past the stomach the, lurch mode. The you know the driving the human situation. It's I just get tired of standing up, and I can't really play that game very well seated. What happens with me? Is, I mean, I I have set up 360 on you know uh, a 360 setup, so it doesn't matter what direction I'm facing, I still have tracking. Uh, but I will stand facing forward because there is a front and back in my you know in my setup. But I will end up looking off into my kitchen at that point. At some point, I will have turned right or turned left without even noticing it in the real world. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll twirl around. Uh, I leave enough. So because I wear glasses, there's always a little bit of space in my goggles. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to completely block it off because I do peek out of the bottom of the headset occasionally to make sure I'm not in a weird spot. Um, I mean, you can set up the guardian field so that you don't I, like. I, I can do that, too, but it's mostly to keep track of Lola. But and then the quest, too, has a double tap. You tap the side of the visor and, and then I see and you see in black and white like a dog. So, um. Dog vision. Dog, it goes into dog vision mode, and then you can see around you. But it, um, with Alex, though, like, just in general, so it has this thing called gravity gloves, right? And so oh, yeah. what you do is you point at something, it highlights, and then you hold down the trigger and flip your wrist backwards. Just flip, yeah, just a flick of the wrist. And then you click one of the buttons. I can't remember which it's one. It's the grasp button. It's the bottom button, yeah. right? So you click that. And then you can catch stuff that you pull towards you. So you use it for ammo. You use it for explosive barrels of sorts, like explosive propane tanks. Yep. Um, you use it for resin, which is your upgrade material. And they, every room has like resin in it somewhere. So it encourages you to like dig through drawers and dig through, look in the rafters and all sorts of stuff. Flip over boxes. Yeah. Uh, open up porta potties. Um, um, and it's fun to throw stuff. So. You throw stuff to, to, and you throw it, you literally hold the controller and, and then release, yeah. right, um, to throw stuff. And it's with the bottom button, so you can still hold on to the controller while you do it. It's the grip button, yeah. Yeah, it's the, the one that you're using your middle, your last three fingers with. The the other thing with, like, with an index, your whole hand is that grip, so, uh, but it has an over the, uh, uh, over the, the back of your hand straps so that if you pick something up and throw it, it you can open up your hand. It would throw it in the game, but I you're always not throwing the fucking controller. Yeah, I always put the the straps on my controller when I play that game because I feel like I'm gonna accidentally throw my controller. Oh, I uh, I 
always have the straps on. Even if I'm actually playing Beat Saber, I've got the straps on anyway. So, But that being said, like, it's just, it feels very intuitive. And then as you get further, um, so, like, when you load your shotgun, you reach down to, like, where your belt, I believe it's where your belt would be. I'm trying to remember because I haven't gotten there. I'm playing it again because okay. I wanted to get used to it again. Okay. But you reach down and grab a shell. You pop open the shotgun. It's a, it breaches, right? Uh-huh. So what do they call that? Uh, anyways, the breach opens. Right. And it's got two shells that you can put in it at it. And so, you can put seven up to seven in it, but it pops open like a, an old school shotgun. Okay. And you put the shell in and you can flip the controller up and, and it, then it locks. Oh, that's nice. It's really fucking cool. See, I and mean, so like when you're loading it, you'll take your left hand and put shells in it and then just pop your wrist up to cock and then, you know, right. pop it shut so you can shoot it Terminator style. And uh, it feels very Terminator. It's got a laser sight for it, which is pretty fucking cool. And it has additional upgrades, that I, as I understand, that you can put on it. I think a grenade launcher is one of the options for the shotgun. Oh, yeah. But the shotgun shells are pretty rare, so you're not going to use them all the time. It's the pistol that you use a lot of. Um, the head crabs are still somewhat terrifying. Um, <laughs> I was playing it the other... human-sized... Yeah, well, well, the head crab zombies are human sized, but the head crabs are pretty big. Yes, um, I mean you'd have to you think. I mean, head crabs are like they, they like they latch onto a person's head and like you know bore into their skull. So it's like dinner plate size. They're they're fucking huge. I was trying to wear one as a hat the other night after I killed it just to see, but I had one that jumped up and got in my face. And I saw the teeth like in super high res, like right over my eyeballs. And I didn't know what to do. So I took the gun and like put it right up against its ass and just fired like three or four times right in my face. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get it off. Uh, I, I guess I probably could have grabbed it and threw it. Yeah. So I grabbed one of the legs. No, no, but you just pulled the gun up to your for, uh, free. I demo. put it like I was kind of careful. I pointed it at an angle, but like. If it had been real life, like, I'd have been almost shooting my nose off. But, yeah, it got it right up my face. I was like, fuck this, man. And then I had my pistol, and I was just like, I'm just fucking... It had a panic moment. I probably, like, emptied, like, seven rounds. Like, it was well dead. Well, um, well dead. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it was the moment I had the other night, and I was like, oh, that was fucking terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I gotta put this down for a minute. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the head crabs are... Super well done, obviously. It's one of the best-looking VR games, um, and it runs really, really well. Um, yeah, okay, that's we're the wrong crowd to say that. I mean, for we're sure. The, we're the wrong crowd to say that with our 3,000 series cards, but I know that it'll run on, I think Linus did it on a 1060, didn't he? On um, medium settings? Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's it's still it's super possible. Well it's still possible to play that game, you know, it, and I think that's the reason why Valve did what they did with it is they, they do have a number of different graphic settings that you can set in there so that you can turn it all the way up to beautiful or you can have it, you know, playable, but, I, but it still looks good playable. They use a little bit lower poly count than a normal game, which yeah. I think is what they do to keep it really clean looking. Um, but it's still fairly high detail. It's just, you know, maybe they're not using Teslization or a few other tricks up their sleeve that use a lot of resources. It still looks good because but it looks, the, the world is built well. The world and the lighting is done extremely well, and it's believable. And then I was using my earbuds the other night, and the 3D sound on it is excellent. Yeah. 
I mean, um, you can tell definitely where things are. And There's places where you can take items and toss them through windows to get, like, headcrab zombies' attention, which I highly recommend. It's kind of fun to do that. You just, like, throw it something. So I, I grabbed, like, a paint can and then tossed it through a window um, <laughs> and then got the attention of the zombie that went after the, the paint can, and then I was able to shoot it through the window. Uh, I, I, I'm... I'm looking through just the short period of time that I played this game, right? I was totally blown away by certain things. Like, right at the beginning of the game, like, you are looking out over the city, you turn around, you go into a little fucking room, and it's got, like, glass window with fucking dry erase markers on the, you know, on the windowsill, and I'm like, huh, I wonder, and I went, I reached down, picked it up, and it picks up just like any other item and i'm like yeah i can write on the window with these markers and then of course the the first thing i wrote is oh boy <laughs> yeah i think i just drew a big dick of course <laughs> of course you did uh but like you pick up the dry erase marker and erase the fucking window and like it was like, first thing first is, like, it was super tech demo-y, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, yeah, this this right here is how they tested where the, you know, how hands work in this game. Yeah, and they, a lot of things have a lot of interactions, so you'll notice that you see, like, a, a equipment case in the ground. Yeah. You can grab the latch and then open the equipment case and there's stuff inside. Right. Um, which is kind of neat. And then just, like, being able to open drawers and look inside of drawers and... Like I said, I was trying to wear the head crab as a hat. If you haven't tried it yet, if you see a respirator, you can grab the respirator and put it on your face. Uh-huh. And if you see a like a hard hat, you put the hard hat in, and you can see the little bill poking over the top. <laughs> you can wear you can, the hard hat. You can wear the hard hat. So I, for whatever reason, I wear a hard hat and respirator all over the place. Oh, that's why I was trying to see if I could wear the head crab hat because they've got Val's had the head crab plushies hats forever, right? Um, which I've thought about getting for no reason. I think Trent has one, um, but you know the yeah. the head crabs are unique. I, I mean, that's enough. The head crab zombie thing's pretty unique. You're going to get to a couple places like there's a few vortigons that you run into that are pretty interesting. Um, that you can talk to. Yes. Um, I think you did. You didn't run into the vortigons. Not yet. You'll run into them soon. I mean, but the there's some really cool moments in that game. And I'm not even that far into it again. Like, I, I've built up the courage now that I can go and get the flashlight. I think I'm past that point. I, I, the heck crab zombies surprise me, but don't totally scare me. Now, if you remember Ravenloft and Half-Life 2, I don't yep. know how long it's been since you played it. Yep. Remember that the fucking leaper dudes that were, well, that you had to use the gravity gun with the buzzsaw blades to cut apart? And yeah. I can't remember what they are. The super fast zombie dude. Um, they had several on the, on the rooftops. Well, there's a different kind of head crab that was in Ravenloft that was also uh, the poisonous head crab that would automatically put you to one hit point. Like, if it hits you, it would put you at a one hit point. Oh, that's right. Um, and that's what made that, you know, that area scary because they could jump out of literally anywhere uh, and all of a sudden, boom, you're at one hit point. Uh, and you're fighting off a bunch of fucking, you know, uh, head crab zombies. And the funny thing is, is I hate zombies, but the head crab zombies don't bother me. It's a little bit different concept because it's a, it's like a parasitic 
you know, situation. So I, I don't know. There's well, and they look a little bit different than zombies. Well, they still have that zombie thing. It's I don't hate well, I was, the headcrab zombies because they are they are unique enough to not be the same fucking trope over and over what, again. What it does do is because they have unpredictable movement, it makes them very hard to headshot. Yeah, well, and you have to shoot the headcrab. So if you do, if you miss and you do body shots, you can knock down the character. And right, the headcrab will hop off, and then you got to waste more ammo on the headcrab. Right. And thankfully, the headcrabs don't move incredibly fast. Um, so you don't, in a continuous mode, you don't run, but you can jump. So you can use that kind of like a short sprint. So you can like look backwards and hit the jump button and like teleport 15 feet back, which you use to get a little bit of space if you get into that kind of thing. But the continuous movement for me, I've gotten really used to it. So for me, I use it as even part of my fine aiming too, which is one of the other reasons I use it. Um, but the cool thing too, is like, you can grab the bottom of your gun. So if you put a controller and you rest <laughs> yeah. your right hand on top of the palm of your left hand, yep. they grab, she grabs the gun with both hands and um, your aim does steady, but it's because you are steadying your aim. Right. There's no, there's no auto aim or aim assist of any sort. No. So like I was telling Rusty the other night, I was like my laser sight still bouncing all over the place. like it does normally. Cause I got shaky hands. Um, but but I can but I can double I can double hand it and then actually get a little bit smoother. Right. Like I even thought about taping some weights to the controller mm -hmm. to give me that weight because the, the okay backstory my hands shake a lot. I do really well with rifles. I do really horrible with pistols, except for very large caliber caliber heavy pistols. Because you I shake a lot less with them. So like a polycarbonate gun, I, I shake a lot. But if a forty four. That's a fucking hog leg. Right. I have great aim with, right? Or a fucking Desert Eagle. I have great weight with. He kicks like a mule, but because it's a heavier weapon, I've got a lot better steadiness with it because you, your your fine muscle movements, moving things around on lighter guns. And, yeah, and and that's what shakes. So yeah. with a heavier weapon, I don't shake at all, or very minimally, and it's it's a lot easier for me. So and, and, and like a couple ounces of Oculus controller isn't doing it for you. No, it's uh, <laughs> it still shakes all over the place, and so I still have to be kind of reasonably close. Thankfully, head crabs are very large targets. Uh, we're not talking about something the size of this microphone or smaller. Right. So it's like two heads. It's it's two head size. And we're, we're talking like 20 to 30 virtual feet. So it's not it's hard. Right. These I'm are not still hard able to, to I'm still able to actually get it. I can so move in headshot. The uh, the the thing with uh, with aiming in that is that it's not right or left aiming. Like, for instance... Um, I, I'm left eye dominant, uh, or right? I'm eye. I'm right eye dominant, so I am. Uh, so I've lined it up with my right eye, uh, which doesn't work in this game. It's you know, it's both eyes have to be centered on the you know you know on where that's. Oh, I didn't at. even think about that. The hollow sight makes a big difference. The hollow sight will definitely help with that because I'm not aiming down the iron sights of uh you know of the pistol um i'm using the hollow sight which will kind of correct for that but man it was uh, i was trying to hit stationary targets and i was missing because i was right eye dominant and i was just po popping things off to the left well i'll, I'll let you know you need to 
let go of the gangster aim. Try the two-handed aim, and it'll help. I mean, I wasn't gangster aiming sideways. That's for damn sure. But just one-handed aiming with a pistol is already kind of hard, to be I honest mean, with you. Yeah, but the 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 reloading for that uh you know for you know for the gun is you have to reach over your left shoulder pick out a clip and then put the clip in But you also the, have to hit the release button which you, I think is great too. You do have to release the you know, the old clip, put the new clip in and if you've used the last round, you have to rack the you know rack the round in the you know in the pistol. Uh which I thought that's I mean Gun, you know, guns and you know, gun handling has been done before, right? I mean, there's like a yeah, bunch but, of, good, but you're not using your hands to physically move stuff. Well, there's other VR games that do that, but it's it, it's one of those. Um, it like I was saying before, there's a bunch of gimmicks where a game is built off of a gimmick. Like there's the gun gimmick and a lot of. Uh, you know, in a, in some other games, and then there's the movement gimmick in some other games, and then there's, you know, you know, interacting with objects or whatever. Half Life Alex tends to take all of those systems and put it into a game, and kind of immerse you in a world, which, and they do it really well. Yeah, just like the ladder climbing. Yeah, the you know ladder climbing. Yeah, I mean that's that's another another situation. That's you know. It seems goofy, but you literally have to grab hand over hand on the ladder and pull yourself up and over. Yeah, or or if you use the teleport movement, all you have to do is just grab a hold of the uh, the ladder and it kind of teleports you to the top. You should try uh, the hand over hand; it's pretty fun. I mean, yeah, there's there's a bunch of different things. I need to try driving the human to see if I wouldn't mind that. Though you can do a couple of different modes. They got snap turning. I use the continuous turn now, but you can turn it in 45 degree increments by, so you use the, the way the continuous movement moves is the left stick is your move, your move stick. The right stick left and right is your look left and right if you don't turn your head. So you can turn your head and look too. Right. Um, But it'll let you kind of strafe a little, or kind of like turn as you strafe. And you can use the controller to strafe around. And the strafe is super handy. For, like, more than just peeking out, like moving your whole body out to peek around a corner. Right. Um, but you can lean around a corner in VR, which is actually pretty neat. Or duck behind something, which is kind of neat. The hands that's, why you, that's why you can't sit down and play, because you can't duck. Right. And, and later stages, too, one of the things that you can do is you can catch the grenades that are thrown at you. And just throw them back. Flick wrists through it. Or you can pull them off their belt. Perfect, awesome. I'm I'm all I'm I'm completely down with that. Um, See, combine so, is the combine's cool. Like, there's a part where you have to put your hands up, right? And it wants you to put your hands up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning of the game, I was like, they put your hand. Uh, I mean, right in your face too. It's like, okay, dude, hands are up. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's it is it's definitely worth every penny if you own a VR. Um, yeah, we ended up getting it on what thirty five bucks, thirty five bucks or so. Yeah, uh, that was, was on a, Steam sale. I I've been borrowing it from my buddy, but I didn't want to wait for him to get off to play because I didn't want to play it late at night. I'll be honest with you, it's kind of a scary game. Did not want to play that right before I went to sleep. So it's but I I, I resigned myself. I was like, I'm getting this game as soon as it hits Steam sale, and hopefully it's not a ten percent sale. And they 
it's a forty percent sale, which was, was yeah, it was not bad. It was not a bad sale at all. I I, I said, you know what? I there is one game I'm going to end up having to pick up, and I waited until like the last day of the sale and picked it up, and that and that was this one. So I will end eventually play a little bit more of it. Um, uh, the unfortunately the first day that I played it, I had a migraine brewing, and that really sucks for VR. Yeah, I had one brewing right before we started today. I was actually I was like, I'm going to make some progress and get past that point before we start the show. And then I was fighting through a migraine, so I had to take a nap and play something completely different. Like, I didn't stop having a migraine until about 30 minutes before you got here. Yeah, and it's it's just been kind of like coming on and off over the uh, over the last few days. So I, I haven't really put much time into it, but I will be playing more of it. Um, um, we got to move on to some other things just as we're talking about it. Sure. Um, did you, you played, you didn't finish last Epoch yet, did you? I mean, as much as you can, I guess. So last Epoch is the, you know, the early access ARPG that, you know, that I've been kind of playing around with. It's kind of like PoE light. Um, and it doesn't have all of the toxicity and the freaking number, uh, number crunching that you need to have for, uh, for Path of Exile. Um, but uh, I find it kind of like dumb enjoyable. It doesn't take very long at all to uh, uh, to get to you know get through the story. I would say it's probably like eight or ten hours if you've played through the I game. I think you got fifty hours in it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I'm playing my third or fourth character. Oh, so you just so, continue to replay it? <laughs> you know, so I just kind of replayed it. So I started off as a primalist. I tried the um, marksman, which I didn't necessarily really like the marksman all that much. Um, then I, uh, played a sorcerer, uh, lightning store sorcerer. So it was like chain lightnings all over the place, which That's was kind of neat, which was kind of nice. I, I kind of liked the, you know, the, the ranged play style of the sorcerer, but, uh, then I was looking at some YouTube videos and they're like, you really need to try Necromancer and have like this, uh, the summon Wraith army. And I'm like, okay. And then I watched a video of something where somebody had like 30 or 40 or 50 fucking Wraiths all firing fireballs at enemies. And it was just like constant fucking fireballs on the screen and the whole, like, he was just running through shit. He never actually cast any, any, you know, anything against the enemies. He just let all of his minions kill it. Screen clearing everywhere. And I'm like, that I, I, I need to try that. I need to see if I can do that. And I just, just now got to like level 70 with the Necromancer, which is, you know, I've only got 30 more levels before it's max. Um, it takes a while to actually level up, you know, in the later stages. But uh, basically, my skeletal mages and my uh, my wraith army, as I go through it, the wraiths only last for like maybe ten seconds. So you have to constantly be casting wraiths. But as long as you have mana, you can cast wraiths nonstop. And there's no end to the amount of them. They just need to stay alive long enough to do some damage. Uh, and they're, you know, they only stay alive for about 10 to 15 seconds or so because they, uh, their life starts ticking down as you summon them. So 
what I have is I have a uh, uh, a weapon skill that allows my summons to uh, regen hit points or life leech hit points from their attacks. So I have this wraith en- uh, ar- army that are constantly ticking down their hit points, but as they're firing off fireballs like three a second, they're getting their hit points back. So I can have like 50 of them out and I don't have to cast them all the time. And then when they do eventually die, it has a 30% chance of creating an exploding zombie in its place. So as I'm moving from enemy pack to enemy pack, the wraiths will die, but they'll uh, will will automatically raise these zombies up, uh, and these zombies will basically run at you know enemy packs and explode. It's time for another mounting, I think. Um, <laughs> well, that gives me a chance to talk about a game that I think I'm more or less ready to review at this point. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. been playing Red Solstice too. Um, I've got about almost twenty hours into it at this point, and so what it is is it's kind of like an RTS. It feels like, so when you played StarCraft with a small squad and you controlled that squad with their abilities, but they kind of did a lot of their own fighting as they were going. Yeah. Um, it feels like that. There's a lot of comparisons to XCOM, and really the only comparison to XCOM is in the fact that you build upgrades um, to your game world, I want to say, but you never see a visual indication of what that looks like. It's got a world map like an XCOM or Phoenix Point, but it's it's inferior to both games. Um, now, the developers are very, very active at this point. Um, even since last week, they've changed tuning on it. And I think that'll help me continue to review this in progress. But as of right now, it's about a 3.7. 3.7? Yeah, it's not a 3.5. It's not a bad game. Like, if this was a Metacritic score, it'd be a 70. Okay. Um, and that's because the balancing needs some tuning. Um, the game itself is fun, but there's no real... It's hard to kind of figure out what you actually have in your overworld inventory because of the way the interface is set up. So I don't know what all my upgrades are without looking at the list, the the you know, the actual printed list of everything that I have. And then I don't always know what all those things do, so I have to kind of look at another screen to see that. But the gameplay is fun, but it does get a little bit overwhelming, and then I don't always understand why I'm doing the secondary missions. But, like, there's hordes and hordes and hordes of enemies, right? It's these weird aliens that you're shooting at. Right. Um, Which are not zombies. Yeah, they're not technically zombies. They're some kind of, like, necromorph. That's what it reminds me of, necromorphs. Yeah. So, anyways... It, right with necromorphs. So that's basically what it is, and it looks cool. And there's a lot of like cool effects going on as you're shooting shit, and the weapons are fun to play with. But it gets to a point where like certain clan classes struggle at when you get in a. Okay, let me explain. So you get overwhelmed really hard if you sometimes try to get to some of the harder or the lighter waves of enemies. And so it'll say, oh, you need to go in here to, like, reset this reactor, or you need to go in here to, like, set up this radar dish or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you get in a building, and then there's, like, 400 enemies that followed you into the building that you're trying to fight your way out. And you can only do enough damage to keep them at bay, but not enough damage to work your way out without your special abilities. And it starts to get pretty crazy 
where you exhaust most of your ammo and there's not a real good way to get out another way sometimes. And so I started playing a demolitionist who can blow walls apart to get out of buildings, but not all buildings have walls that can be blown apart. You don't always know which walls are blow apartable and not, but like I've gotten to a point where I destroyed the whole side of a building and they were coming at us from both sides and I used all my grenades and then we finally got overwhelmed. But it is like, it does have some like really tense moments like that where you just got so much shit coming at you. Like my medic couldn't keep me healed, you know, and it just, it overwhelmed me. And then you were saying like, so it was tested in multiplayer a lot before it got to single player. Right. And there's not a real draw for the multiplayer as to, you don't get any progress. And there's a lot of people in the discussions forum side of that who are speaking to that like, hey, um, it's kind of a completely separate game in multiplayer as in one person's getting campaign progress and the rest of us are not getting anything for it. So that needs to be fixed for, for people sure. to want to do that. And single player either needs to let you have eight or seven NPCs or it needs to be tuned appropriately so that you can play it without putting it on baby mode to get out of something. Right. Now, it does let you change the campaign difficulty, but I put it in a category in my Steam of weight. So I've got a, a, a category called play later. Mm-hmm. So I decided today that it was in the play later category. Right. It which needs, is why it's at a 3.7 until I see some more updates. It needs time. And I was going to pick it up, but I, you know, there was... I was like, it's okay, cool. this, could this be a possible co-op game? And that's what I was looking at. Is this possibility? Uh, is there a good possibility for co-op here? And I'm like, well, the fact that you basically have to play the single-player game to progress, and if I was to join your game, I wouldn't be progressing, um, which means you're going to get steadily more powerful, and I'm going to be like not. Well, you unlock. You have everything unlocked. From the get-go, if you join in. But but you're not getting anything in your single-player campaign. Right. It's which, just... Which is the problem with it. But if you get it on a sale, I'd say right now it's worth 20 bucks. I wouldn't say it's worth 30 bucks right now. If they fix all this stuff, I think it's an easy buy. But this is the things that are holding it back. Like, it plays really smooth. It looks pretty decent. I mean, it's not beautiful, but it's not... Just it's, tune it to four people. I mean, that's all that needs to be done is well, they need it, to tune it to... It used to be... So, again, they've listened to the people that play it, right? So right. the people who are playing it really hardcore in early access were saying it was too easy, so they ramped up the difficulty, um, which those are the more hardcore people. And so I feel tune like... tune it to six people. Yeah. Or in my head, it's just put the level of difficulty they want on the insane level of difficulty and then let all the normies like myself um, play it something tuned for four. And... It doesn't. It shouldn't be in a place where I have to have every single class um, unlocked at the same time to get through a crazy map to get through all the objectives. Right. So it's just it's a little rough around the edges, and I think it it could get better again with a really active development team, which I think is great. That the like you look in the discussions forums, and there's developers replying to a lot of shit. So they're obviously listening to a lot of things. So it's just kind of a, it's a keep your eye on because it has the potential to be really good. And right now it's just, it's not bad. It just needs to be, it just needs some, needs some love. And it looks like they're, you know, they're getting it. If it, if it turns out that it, uh, it gets tuned in such a way that we could possibly progress together or fucking like experience fucking game together. I don't know, man. I just need to have a good fucking co-op game, please. 
please, well, for the love of God, have you know, give me a fucking good PVE co-op game that I could play with my buddy. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, just so that I could, you know, I, I just need, I just need something in my life. For the love of God, please. Yeah. Well, there is Orcsman Style Three coming out, which I'm going to play the fuck out of. But um, I digress. There is a uh, so I love I love XCOM style games a lot. I like games where you can get upgrades and you have unique characters, and I, I like unique characters. Uh, which Red Solstice Two does have unique characters. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So I will say that. Um. The other game I started playing again today, which I do actually like quite a bit, is called Sinking Abyss? Something like that. I, got Sounds... I actually have to look at it. I have my library. Stirring Abyss. Stirring Abyss. All right. So I've got about three hours in this game, and it's like... Not everybody listening is going to get this, but XCOM had a game called um, Terror of the Deep, which was an extremely hard XCOM game that took place underwater with underwater aliens, um, which is not very good. It's it's too hard, honestly. It is too hard to be enjoyable. Okay. Um, just every ounce of your tactical thinking to get in it. This is prior to me playing Steam. I had this game. Um, so anyways, um, Stirring Abyss, though, is you've got these big... I've talked about it a little bit on the show. You've got these big gym suits, like old school deep sea diving suits. And it deals with uh, Cthu- uh, old gods like Cthulhu shit, right? And okay. it's done in like a um, hand-drawn type art style, um, but fully animated. And it's done in a top-down grid, kind of like XCOM, right? And then you have a certain amount of sailors that are your group. And the initial missions are finding your crew and getting your sub venting all the water out. So you're repairing your sub, but your sub is your mobile base like XCOM. And each one of the compartments in the sub gives you different things. Like, I just unlocked the compartment that gives me healing, but it takes supplies, and I have to find supplies on the map. Um, So, the missions are set up in a way where you have air, and you have a limited visibility. So, the fog of the war is literally how far you can see, and you have different ways of mitigating that. You can use power from your sub to shine a spotlight on an area, um, to illuminate an area which will drive away certain enemies. And all the enemies are these weird, crazy, deep-sea, mutated-looking creatures. Nice. And then you use your... Um, you like... get clues, and the clues give you progress towards the occult. And the occult unlocks different powers for your characters, um, as well as different research. So I just, I've, I've split it up. I've split it up between mutations, which is my first thing. And then on the other side of the skill tree, I unlocked additional air tanks. So all my guys basically get six extra turns. The only way you can replenish air is if you find an air vent on the bottom of the sea, which you may or may not on that level. Um, which means you have a limited amount of turns and which means you don't always fight every single enemy on the map. You're just going towards the objectives usually. But the risk-reward there is use a little bit more air and go further. If you use up all your air, you start to go insane, and that starts taking away your sanity, which is a permanent stat. So if you lose the permanent stat, there's only very select ways of re-increasing your sanity. Um, And sanity affects a whole bunch of other things. But I started to mutate my characters. So I was like, fuck it. I want to get a squid arm. Um, So what? Yeah, like that's one of the mutations. But I've got a mutation that lets my character consume creatures. 
So he's starting to go insane a little bit. So I gave him an ability and I mutated him to let him consume creatures after they die. And it gives clues to the whole party, which unlocks more of the occult board. And then also gives him his HP back. So the med kits are really far and few between. And your characters have permanent health in between missions. So you gain health back by going to the next mission. You get like a set amount back. And then I just unlocked a compartment where I can use some of my supplies, which are scavenge resources from the mission to heal certain characters for like uh, 20% of their health, right? Okay. So you tend, you can only hit my current deployment limit is three characters at a time. So what I've been doing is I've got four, right? I swapped the cook in for the scientist back and forth. The scientist has got some abilities where she's got like an immobilization dart. She's got a dart that reduces armor. Um, and then I've got my main captain who's got a spear gun and the spear gun's got two shots that you have to reload, but the spears are super fucking powerful. And then I've got a melee guy who's got his fucking diving knife that has a whole bunch of extra armor um, that I used to go in and brute force my way through. And now I've got my weird sea creature, can not really cannibal. I mean, I guess he's eating raw fish. So he's like the... He's, he's the he's, cook. He is the cook. The cook, you know, he's... I actually, if Hopefully I can rename him. He can be like some kind of like... Oh my God. I, I can make him sushi themed. You, you have a tentacle armed... He doesn't have a tentacle arm yet, but that's the goal. Okay. If I find Soon the tentacle arm he's, mutation, he's 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 brewing up a fucking tentacle arm. He's the cook. He eats things and heals other people. No, he heals himself. Oh, heals himself. So I'm turning him basically into a tank. So the idea here is that I can kill creatures at melee range, take a lot of damage, and eat them after they die to gain my health points back because. You have to use resources to make med kits, and then you sometimes find them on the bottom of the sea. But oh, it's twitching. It's yeah, crazy. It's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but like I had a whole mission, like a boss fight that I got into. Right, there's boss fights. It's like a, a like a mini event. So I found a mutilated corpse in the bottom of the ocean, and then as you do, what spawned him around him was like all this uh, some kind of like totems that started raising creatures in my area. I had to destroy the totems, and then I could. And then once I destroyed the totems, all the creatures died. But they were constantly attacking me while I was trying to destroy the totems, which was kind of neat. And then I've seen some videos of boss fights later on in the game um, that you have to kill them a certain way. But so far, like it's a weird kind of spinoff, kind of XCOM like, and I do like the weird Cthulhu old ones, dark occult bullshit a lot. Um, it's a cool game. Um, I got it on sale, I think, for 15 bucks. Joe was waiting on the Steam sale, so I think it's actually 30 bucks. I can actually see it being worth 30 bucks. Uh, okay. for if you won't need a XCOM itch scratch. If you want. Lovecraft and... and Love, Lovecraft XCOM is kind of what it is. Lovecraft XCOM. Got it. It fits... Right. Because you can pick your abilities, and you get your abilities from discovering clues, and there's all these really great, well-written, like dialogue or in a monologue that's going through their heads as they're like discovering a new thing that happened right um it's really interesting like i i think it's really well written to be honest with you and it has a really cool art style i just it's it could be because it's clean right and then it's kind of cartoony like 20 years down the road and you're playing quote-unquote classic video games i don't think it's going to look like shit <laughs> like mario <laughs> brothers originally does you know original does at this point uh -huh. it's it's a classic 
Yeah, it's a classic, right? You know, but Asteroid's a classic, too, and it looks like shit. So I don't think it's going to have that problem because of the art style. Um, I've been playing Last Vigil. I'm a, That game's tuned weird. I think it's paced weird. Okay. So I haven't run into a boss fight in a really long time. Um, I've played six hours of it and haven't run into my third boss fight yet. As I'm just, I think I kind of got lost. Okay. There's a lot of dialogue in it. I still think Salt and Sexuary is the better version of that game. I downloaded that again, by the way. I did too. (laughs) Because I was like, if Last Vigil doesn't do it for me, at least I got Salt and Sexuary to scratch that itch. Yep. Um, Last Vigil so far is about a four. Okay. It's mostly because the art style and the creature design is great. I do like the dodge mechanic and I do like the itemization. I do like a game where you can kill creatures and grab their stuff, right? Okay. So I was killing skeletons, got this saw blade, which is really cool looking. And then I found this fire poker in an abandoned house, which I've promptly upgraded. And then I've got a huge, like, weird mallet thing for my two-handed weapon. And the different movesets for that stuff's really good. I found I found a shitload of different rings that excuse me, do a lot of different things. So you got a ring where I, I roll past something, I do damage. And the way you dodge or mitigate your damage is you can click your right trigger to dodge back a step. And if you do that iframe right, you will avoid damage when you're doing the back step. Or you can push forward and click that and you'll roll through them. Or you can double click it and you'll dat, you'll slide. But if you slide, you don't slide through an enemy. So you can only roll through an enemy when they're doing an attack. Uh, or uh, a boss when they're doing an attack. But with regular enemies, you can roll through most of their stuff. Okay. And then the sword, any sword weapon has a heavy attack that'll let you spin through stuff and do damage and dodge at the same time. So you end up just spamming the heavy attack a lot and using different abil- different rings that offset your stamina cost to use it a whole bunch. Okay. So like there's packs of enemies that I fucking decimate with the regular one-handed sword because I'm dodging whilst doing spin to win. Um, so like that's a little bit, it feels cheap, but it's working. Um... But yeah, the, the game is looks really good. It has a pretty interesting story. Just paced a little bit weird. Like a, the spot that I'm in right now has me really going down, 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 down. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm eventually going to hit some really cool ass looking boss. But like I've just, I was like, okay, how much further down do I got to go to find the boss so I can progress? And then I just don't feel like I'm progressing. So where I'm at in the game is like kind of pissing me off. Okay. I decided to put it down for a second, but I don't think it's a bad game. It's just paced. It's not paced appropriately, which sometimes happens with these kind of games. At least with Salt and Sanctuary, like always felt like I was continuing to make perfect progress. Yeah, but that's just because it's a really good game. You know, it was it was built right. It's I, a it's a four seven five for side scroller Souls like Metroidvania games. It's a yeah. fucking solid game. It is a very solid game. I um, I mean, I, I I beat it, and that that's that's something that. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't big on Souls games, so Blasphemous is a little bit more Metroidvania. Is that there's no stamina bar, um, but it's also super platformy, right? And I'm kind of suck at platforms sometimes, so I've been dying on the same set of spikes a lot. So I kind of put down Blasphemous for a second to go back to Last Vigil. Fucking pointy hat still drives me crazy about Blasphemous. I'm sorry. I, it, there's certain things about certain games that just doesn't make any goddamn sense, and that one doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's worth um, eight ninety nine. Uh, it's not worth it to me um, unless it's like, I, I don't know. I, I get, I, I get stuck on certain things like certain visual styles. 
I can I can dig. Okay, like Salt and Sanctuary doesn't look that great. To be completely fair, it's not like it's not Dark Souls. It's not. Uh, it's it's not. It's it's got its own art style, but it doesn't put me off. Like it doesn't. You know that doesn't drive me crazy. Um, what does drive me crazy is some of the fog effects in that game. Uh, I was I was just just playing like the first stage of Salt and Sanctuary, and the fog effect was driving me crazy. Um, but Blasphemous just the pointy hat. Uh, it, it it's distracting. Like you're supposed to be looking where the sword's slashing, not where you're the tip of your hat is and i'm always looking at the tip of the hat for some reason it's just a mental thing for me i guess but that said i mean need need more games in in our, in our lives definitely more co-op games please give me a co-op game i think it's time for a break all right we'll be back back Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. I forget jason's not here to fill in that spot yeah uh, <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit about some news yes sir uh, there's some stuff and things happening in the world of gaming not a whole lot because you know that's summertime um well so like there's a so with the next gen consoles, they updated Witcher yet again oh yeah we were just talking about that on break uh it was uh is kind of on the same vein, not the same, uh, not the same story. Let's go into the story first. So, uh, so there is going to be a Witcher Three Wild Hunt Complete Next Gen Edition, is the full name of the thing about Bobber, um, which allows you to play it on the next gen systems, and it includes things like uh, ray tracing, ray tracing uh, in the game, faster load times. Which you definitely needed. And I guess some features that were inspired by the Netflix series. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be some uh, some DLC items that you can get for uh, for the character. And I know this is like Jason would be like, oh, this is old news. I was playing, you know, uh, Cavill's, you know, the, the Cavill mods so that it was basically just like the Netflix series. Um, but apparently there's items and stuff that's inspired by the Netflix series that's going to be added into the game, which is, I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill is basically going and nerding the fuck out right now because he played the fuck out of Witcher 3 just to kind of get into the character. Um, and he's always liked Geralt as far as a, as a character, uh, going through the books and whatnot. So, you know, seeing the show that was inspired by the game getting a a couple items inspired by the show is kind of like this weird circle jerk that's happening in uh well, they know, didn't games know, and you know video media they didn't know how the netflix show would be taken and it ended up being a wild success oh yeah it's absolutely slated awesome. for another season oh definitely and we're gonna be seeing that around christmas time yeah it's uh the one thing that will make me you know uh, re-up my Netflix account. I will absolutely be watching it as soon as it comes out. For sure. Uh, it's 
it, it, it's such a great show. Like I've I watched some of the freaking you know fight scenes, just just the little town fight scene. I will watch that over and over again because it was really well done. Um, just all uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what they're gonna do. Of course. I'm interested in actually playing it again. Yeah, I wanted I, to I, play. Uh, I was considering it because there was like a, a fairly dry spell. Um, yeah, I mean that's even where I'm at with new games. Everything I have that I really want to play besides Stirring Abyss is in VR, and I can't always play VR. Yeah, VR, right? And there's yeah. not a lot of co-op. Again, let's just let's just revisit that. We have no release date for Dark Tide, which is probably going to be our co-op case number I'm, one. I am hoping and praying that this this game. I mean, it is still Fat Shark, it's, and they've proven themselves able to uh, to get a good co-op game off the ground with Vermintide Two. I mean, the original Vermintide wasn't bad either. It was just Vermintide Two is better in many ways um but we'll be getting fire team aliens fire team next month on the 24th that's kind of a question mark it's still like it could be good but it also could be colonial marines you know for all well it's focus home interactive which is uh been around for a long time but focus is a uh a hit and miss but publisher but uh they publish everything, PC. Uh, right. I mean, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper is a focus interactive game, right? Um, Trackmania Turbo is a focus interactive game, though that was actually good for some people. Divinity 2, The Dragon Knight is focus interactive, but Cities XL is, right? Okay, but, I mean, you, you're you're looking back at what what publisher right so i mean aliens colonial marines was gearbox well space hulk tactics so i'm i'm just saying you can't necessarily judge it directly based off of the developers sometimes developers have turds well the developer (laughs) is kind of a b tier so like surge and surge 2 are on here but plague tale innocence was focus interactive right greedfall is focus interactive which is very C tier kind of Necromunda yeah. Underhive Wars, which is the bad version of the Necromunda game, was Focus Interactive. So, but Curse the Dead Gods, which is a good game, was Focus. But then Hood Outlaws and Legends, which seems to be a very broken PvP game, is not focused. doing very well. Yeah, it's it's just hit and miss, and that's the thing. This could be a hit, it could be a miss, but we will never be able to tell until we actually get it into our hands, or at least some reviewers have Heart, actually had some time with it. Hardspace Shipbreaker is Focus Interactive, yeah. so that's they're like fifty percent good on their on who they publish. Well, I've, and the aliens the, games have been very mixed. Like it's been. It, it's been a while since there's been. I mean, the last good aliens game was Isolation. Right. You know, and that was just because they did And that game's fucking terrifying. Yeah, and that game is terrifying. Fuck, I don't I don't like it. Um, but the but, studio doing this is this is their first game. Okay. So that doesn't necessarily make me feel all warm and fuzzy, but then again, I mean, well, we'll they've see. They've been making this game since 2015. 
that also doesn't make me very feel very warm and fuzzy either, but that's that's beside the point. Well, at least there's some time and effort there. You would think that until I you know, refer you back to Duke Nukem forever. So But that's a very <laughs> niche situation. I'm just saying. But speaking of things that'll be Tem- a perpetual development hell, there's a Tempered, uh, yeah. yeah, Assassin's Creed Infinity. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, Assassin's Creed going games as a service, which already has a lot of open world bloat to begin with, which is actually the part about Assassin's Creed I don't like. Now, at some point, I may actually go through and finish the latest Assassin's Creed. Decent game. What turns me off is some of the open world bloat. I wish the open world stuff... So, like, here's... Let me... Since we're just talking about, let's talk about open world done well versus open world done poorly. Okay. Right. The Witcher 2 just had a shitload of actual quests with story. Right. Which is why it's so long. It's a whole bunch of stories. Yes. Um, some of them short, some of them longer. But that was more linear. That was not necessarily, I wouldn't consider that open world. It was just like open well, you areas. Can, but you can do them in any order. Yeah. Uh, well, Mostly. to a point, there was there was some breakpoints in the story. Like you finish an area and move on to the next but area. But you can do the quest in any. The problem is, is that to me, like something like that, or like Fallout Three, which is fairly open world but doesn't have radiant quests. Okay. Right is done well, whereas Assassin's Creed's like. Collect all these things, then collect all these things, then collect all these things, and kill all of these types of guys, and then get all these pelts, and then it feels almost like an MMO's really shit style quest to keep you grinding. It's not that. It's so um, the the problem with uh, Assassin's Creed, and pretty much it, it plagues pretty much every Ubisoft game. If you look at it from you know just zoom out a bit. You look at all the Ubisoft games, there are, uh, they will build these big worlds and then they'll have a storyline that kind of like meanders through this big world, but doesn't necessarily use all of the world that they built. And they're like, and then they sit down and they're like, okay, so how do we get players to go and visit these places that we built off to the left or off to the right? We'll just put collectible objects over there and then give them like an achievement if they collect them all. Okay, uh, so how will they know that there's a left and the right? Well, they're going to have to, like, you know, climb a tree or <laughs> use a tower or fucking, like, you know, something like that. And it'll reveal that portion of the map and that's they'll go there. And they've used that same fucking, you know, formula on almost every game that they've created. And that's... Since Assassin's since Creed the back in 09. Right. So... Uh, so that's what really turns me off about just about every Ubisoft game is that if you look back, take off all of the unique uh, features of the of the game, you look at the structure, the actual bones, it is exactly the same for each and every one of the fucking games. And it drives me batty. So I'm looking at, you know, they're like, okay, well... We're gonna do this as a uh, as a live service game now. Live service game. An example of a live service game would be Destiny, right? Destiny Two, right? And what that really comes down to is is uh, like a you know an objective that happens over a period of time, uh, and 
and robs you of your life. What 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 bothers me the most about uh, about things you know things in like Destiny is that they have a season, right? And that's not bad. I get that they have a season, but most of the things that you have in Destiny is you've got to do X amount uh, this thing X amount of times. Like you need to kill you know. 150 of this, you know, this enemy type with this kind of weapon or with this many headshots or whatever, you know, what bothers me the most about destiny is that that is normally like a three month window in which you have to do that. And some of those objectives aren't released until like two months into the three month window. So you have to rush to actually get it. And then you've got, the idea of the the FOMO idea, the fear of missing out, right? So you have to do it in this specific amount of time. You have to, you know, have to play. You have to have played during this particular time to have this thing, right? I don't like the idea of, uh, of an Assassin's Creed going in that route. You know, I don't necessarily really want to be time-gated into playing a game. Like, I understand the objective of this is to get people to play your game for for a longer period of time instead of picking it up and putting it down. But you gotta you got to realize that not everybody likes that kind of thing. Um, and, well, and honestly, I, I don't dedicate pl- my game time to just one game anymore. No, and I don't like to, to be honest with you. I like to I like to have a fin- the problem with games nowadays is there's not a lot of games you can finish. Well, that's that is another thing. I now, like to play as like I'd like replayability, but I I like to have an endpoint like oh I finished that right yeah like get to the getting to the credits is a fucking achievement for you know for people as you get older and older it becomes a bigger and bigger achievement. Um, I noticed that uh, the uh, uh, the thing about this and I'm going to go devil's advocate though is uh, is there is. Um, a good possibility of being able to tie this shit together. Cause if you look at the Assassin's Creed games, they've all had, well, I would, I would say they've all had a, you know, they had similar they gameplay, but had a new gimmick to each one. Right? Well, the problem with Assassin's Creed, and I'm not, I don't want to spend a long time on this, but Assassin's Creed got bad after Brotherhood. Yeah. Brotherhood had a really intriguing story, and then the story went off the rails and got batshit dumb. So, and it made me upset because they had a really good setup, and then it just bottomed out and got stupid. And it, after it got ridiculous, by the point they got to Black Flag, where just play testing a game, right? With Pirates, which was the dumbest story, and I realized that Black Flag is like the most successful one ever, but the story is horseshit. I mean, uh, Assassin's Creed 3 was kind of... Eh. That's when it started to d- degrade. That was after Brotherhood. Yeah. It was... Eh. Brotherhood was... The Ezio storyline was incredible. And then I liked it because of the storyline. I was genuinely intrigued by the storyline. The storyline for the most recent one, the Viking stuff, is actually really intriguing. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it's the open world bloat, which is what kept turning me off and actually kept pushing me away from the game. Cause I was like, I don't want to play this for 120 hours. What? And I want to play something more interesting. Again, if it had more distinct quests that were less raid village mm-hmm. or look for 
pixel hunt item and tomb i would have probably played it longer but i can reasonably say that it's like a it has the potential of being a five out of five but with the way they the game mechanics are drops it down to like a three and a half in my book well if and they it, can... it's a long game i don't want to play a three and a half game for a hundred hours and that's why i was like okay this is 80 gigs that i don't need <clears> on my computer right now so so let me let me like throw a possibility out there. We don't know enough about the game to be able to say for certain what it is. But let me uh, let me throw this out there. Instead of looking at as uh, looking at it as a as a really long uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, think of it like this: What if they uh, they took the uh, you know uh, the initial mythology from Assassin's Creed, the Animus, and actually allowed you to be a you know you know be playing a character that is exploring their animus storyline so instead of being Ezio the entire time you're playing a uh you know you're playing like a Desmond character but instead of being stuck to one storyline you have the ability to kind of you know go back in you know in time and explore multiple different timelines of you know of your family's dna essentially that's what the animus does uh and being able to see all these different timelines and then have something that happened in an earlier timeline affect something in a later timeline you know that kind of you know that kind of thing could possibly work they just haven't done a like honestly not a lot of people like the greek one odyssey i didn't like odyssey the one that came out before that was in egyptian times is interesting because of the setting and they got into the fantastical which they did again with the norse one but i'm just i'm raw if i if don't want to play it anymore they just need to make a fundamental change and i'm not sure if the live service game is the way to do it but i understand that with a live service game, they don't need to pump out a new one every year. They can just kind of update what they've got. Yeah, and I guess we'll just see what happens. But yeah. it's not a day one thing for me. Yeah, well, I want to see what they do with it. Uh, if it's if it doesn't have all the good thing, if they don't get rid of some of the the key Ubisoft staple shit, like the fucking towers and the fucking like collectible item bullshit, they can. You know, if they don't get rid of that and just add genuine fucking story to it, then I'm out. Well, something that is is a fantastic game. In fact, one of the few basically perfect games that we've played, in my opinion, anyways. Mm. This is a 4-9. RimWorld. Okay. Well, that's... that that, that Yeah, okay. Is getting a free update, major update, called Ideology. Um, which you can actually play the beta of right now. So, but um, if you play the beta, it'll break your mods. You don't actually need mods to play fun game with Rimworld, though. See, I don't necessarily. But, but yeah, they've for fifteen months. Um, Tyrion Sylvester has been working on this, which is the guy that created Rimworld. I don't even know if he has a team, but he's got a lot of new systems here. So the basics are there's some new ways that you can interact with animals. Um, you can also change your faction's beliefs. So your factions have to follow a new rule set, essentially. Okay. Um, I can brand my, my survivors heretics and, you know, exile them? Stuff like that, right? Sweet. 
Um, there's also something that's going to be interesting to get over. So enemies now have a new system of breaching your defenses. Oh, boy. So besides just tunneling now, they've got a breach axe where they can break through any point in your wall. So you're going to have to think about the way you do defenses differently. Okay. So now I'm building a maze, uh, mazes. Great. So, well, I was already building mazes anyway. Um, but you can also change your formation styles now. Um, and it looks like that you can set people up as like medics and things like that. And, of course, they added beards because they didn't have beards before. Okay. Because um, you get to have facial hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do. Unless you're So, mean. and then he mm. said that he updated the looks and feel of a lot of the characters and made them look a lot better, essentially. So. Okay. The, I mean. Major update for RimWorld. RimWorld is fun every time I play it. I don't ever have a bad time in RimWorld. And now maybe the time to play RimWorld, to be honest uh, with you. You the, can the literally The most fun I've had having, you know, having to manage a psychopathic uh, pyromancer, you know, pyromantic cannibal. Um, yeah. and it's, you know, the, there's a lot of, it's a people simulator, but it just, it's the best one. And then on top of being able to create a base, even though it's all top down, like they just do a, such a good job with understand the physics of support and setting up systems to create a village essentially. I always dig into a mountain. I don't know why. It's, and just, it's the it's, longest way to play that game. But now, if you do that, just remember you're going to have to watch out for the fucking cave worms. Cave worms, spiders, they're all over the place. Yeah. But, um, or Ancient Evil. But, uh, <laughs> RimWorld's a fantastic game. If you've never played RimWorld and you're into like simulator style games, I highly recommend RimWorld as it being one of my favorite games. Um, and again, I'm interested in playing it right now actually sweet um system shock remake teaser trailer is out it's not really a trailer it's just seven minutes of gameplay but it looks really good um looks nearly next gen i say nearly next gen there's a few things i saw that didn't quite look next gen but system shock the original is pretty dated like half-life one dated yeah um which black mesa fortunately fixes a lot of things if you want to play half-life again but still looks kind of dated this Looks way about twice as good as uh, Black Mesa did. Yeah. Black Mesa was like the unofficial Half-Life expansion that they let them sell because it's such a rehaul of the game. Um, this is System Shock um, done by Ghost Ship Games, which has done a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Ship does uh, Dwarves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ghost, Ghost Ship does no wrong so far. And you were wondering what they were working on. Yeah. They, uh, we They've were been just, working on System Shock. Yeah, we were... We were just talking about that. I was like, oh, uh, we were playing uh, Deep Rock Galactic, and he's like, I wonder what Ghost Ship's working on. And then all of a sudden- It just now clicked. It just now clicked, huh? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they redid a lot of the lighting, and it, it looks really good. Sweet. I will probably pick that up. Nice. Um, What did you have? Um, I I just have a, a, a couple things. Uh, the- uh, there was a few things that happened over the last week, like the Nintendo Switch announcement. Um, we were thinking that there was going to be a more powerful Nintendo Switch, uh, and that is uh, incorrect. Uh, it's just an OLED screen. Right? It is just an OLED screen. It is a little bit bigger. Uh, it has a better kickstand, uh, and it has a you know a much better screen, but it doesn't have more processing power. It doesn't you know it doesn't make your games prettier on the screen. It does have you know, a different dock, which is, is kind of nice. Um, 
but it doesn't necessarily like make your games 4K or anything. So no, there's uh, and it's like fifty dollars more. It's like three fifty, three forty nine or something like that for the uh, uh, for the Switch or two forty nine. I don't remember what the price is. Uh, let's see if it comes up here. Nope. Not not right offhand. So um, basically, it it comes in a white color too. If you weren't down with the uh, the the red and blue Joy Cons, um, yeah, uh, it's not the upgrade that we were wanting for for a Switch, uh, but it is an upgrade technically. Uh, if you want to, you know, if you haven't dropped for a Switch yet, I barely use one but that might change as soon as i get my hands on like a metroid game which is what i've been waiting for um let's see one thing that's really huge right now if you haven't seen it and i haven't seen videos of it yet but uh darkest dungeon 2 was announced darkest dungeon 2 yeah okay well that was as a really hard game i have not beat it uh, uh, it's it's another one of those you know those games. It's one of the hardest roguelikes I've ever played. Yeah, it's one of but those it, games that just kind of like gives you the fuck you moments. I'm and you know it's like fuck you run and <laughs> I put enough time into it even though I never beat it to have liked it. I played it to death. Um, but it was unique enough that it's to me it's worth it. Yeah. And then there was one last thing. Uh, this. I know this is going to affect you a lot because you use a lot of mods, but um, Nexus Mods had changed a policy, uh, which basically means they're going to archive mod files. Um, And that means that it essentially means that modders no longer have uh, full access over their uh, over their creations. Um, so if you are, uh, if you had ever actually downloaded a mod file from Nexus mods, um, the possibility of that mod being removed completely from that ecosystem is fairly high right now because modders are deleting their mods from that, uh, you know, from that repository. This is a big thing because... Basically, it means Nexus Mods then owns all the code for those mods uh, instead of the, you know... It'll affect modders less than it'll affect me. Well, I mean, you download and use mods. I mean, when you use Nexus Mods for, like, Fallout, for instance, um, a lot of the mod files are pulled from Nexus Mods and installed for the, you know, for that game. That's... What what it has a problem – what you're going to have a problem with is that most of the mods that you had been using before will probably disappear from Nexus mods. You have to find some other place to find them. Because That's what you're saying because people want to retain They want to retain full ownership of their code. They were just using Nexus mods as a way of distributing that mod file to the mods. Yeah, I use it for a lot of different things. I was actually looking at it for Fallout BR because I was looking to – I was trying to make a decision today, as I, as I do, which ultimately led to I'm going to finish Stirring Abyss before I play Fallout 4 VR and Half-Life before I play Fallout 4 VR. And I was looking at mods, uh, texture mods. Most That's usually what I do. Yeah. Um, used to be, I probably won't care about hairstyles because you're not going to be able to see your character in Fallout VR anyway. Right. 
but I will look at like landscape texture mods, lighting mods. I want the weather mod because the weather mod's cool as shit. And then probably some kind of lighting mod to help actually make it darker for VR, which sounds crazy, but you being able to use like a flashlight or something like that actually makes it way more immersive for VR. For for sure. And of course, the man's best friend mod is, yeah. you know, I mean, you that was There's one some of the very that... first ones that I had actually downloaded from Nexus Mods was man's best, fri- man's best friend to just let, you know, dog meat be part of your group. Um, it was just just the idea of this big mod repository, you know, basically having a mass exodus of, of, of mod creators from it because of um, policy change. Um, on the surface, it doesn't seem like that, you know, that big of a deal. But once it's in the archive, then, you know, basically the mod creator does not have any control over that file anymore um which kind of sucks i mean but then again i mean there's there's camps on both sides like if you put it you know, they're like if you're creating a mod for a game um is that code really yours if and they're you put not it really for free and they're stuff only like making that. money through they're only making money through donations right you know and then i and whether or not when somebody downloads that code that's basically open source and free, you know, and they make a modification to your mod, you know, do they really, you know, does it really follow that you have to credit the, you know, the original mod maker, things of that nature, right? It's it, mods have always kind of been like this weird gray area in coding. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you don't want to license it because if as soon as you you know as soon as you license it and you fucking like make it so that nobody can make any changes to your mod, then you know somebody else is going to go out there with open source software and fucking make the same mod only better. And it's you know I don't it's it's a it's a thing, but I'm just worried more about the inavailability of it. You know, those mod makers pulling out of a big repository. Nexus Mods is one of the biggest repositories. I think it is probably the biggest. And it's, I mean, for Bethesda games, it's a great place, but I mean, a lot of my Battletech mods came from there. Right. Um, MechWarrior has mods on there. I think they have like 1,500 games, but only a few that have a shitload. But like, you want to redo all the textures in Dragon Age, that's where you go. Right. You know, so it's just a, it's a big thing to, you know, to look into for the future. It's, you know, if they don't make any changes to the policy, then a good portion of the mod makers that don't want to have, you know, absolutely no control over their code once they've uploaded it, uh, they're, they're just going to go to things like GitHub, for instance. And, you know, you know, that's been, Basically, if you don't find mods on Nexus Mods, you find it on GitHub because that's where you put, you know, your open source software, you know, and that's basically what a mod is, is open source software. So, um, it's, it, it, it's a developing thing right now, um, but we'll, uh, we'll see how much of the mods actually, you know, disappear from Nexus Mods, but it's a, it's a pretty big thing right now. Well, I don't have too much else. Did I, you? Do you have anything? I I I don't. Um, there was there was a a thing from 
you know, EA and some other, uh, uh, some other. Uh, we, we had seen a story that had talked about them EA using full ads, yeah, commercials, and then it looks like that was debunked. It was debunked by EA, and so that was the thing. Is there was a uh, uh, a an agreement between EA and another company that specializes in TV style ads um, that have been kind of piloting an idea of putting TV style ads into, you know, into game worlds. Um, I mean, I'm okay with seeing like a Coke sign inside of a game. Like that doesn't bother me. And product placement is probably, you know, the most common form of advertisement in, you know, in games like racing games, you see billboards for actual products. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, things of that nature. But they think that they had actually tried something. If I want to, I don't know the actual game. I think it was a FIFA game where they had had like a, an unskippable 30 second advertisement in between quarters or whatever, or in between yeah, periods. That's some bullshit because you paid for the game. Right. But it, when it, when it was an actual ad, um, but that got, that got flack almost immediately from the internet and they, you know, they removed that. Uh, so I can't imagine this being a thing. And EA had said, you know, basically straight up, this isn't something that we're working on. This is not a, a thing in development right now, but then again, it's EA and do we you know, trust EA? Not do with you, anything. I mean, EA wants money and advertisements are money. So, I mean, we'll see, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't anticipate it being a thing. Um, they'll probably find new ways to do product placement. That's probably my, you know, my take on it is that they're going to find some way of integrating something in the background. That's not invasive, but still is there like a, you might hear a Coke commercial on the radio or something in a game, you know. Which I can deal with that. Anything that forces my attention is what's going to bother me. Right. Anything that's just like a television ad where you can't skip it and it's like the only thing that's on the screen. That's what's you know, especially if you paid for the fucking game. It's yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. Well, but that's that's pretty much the extent of what I've seen here. Oh, we're basically right now in a holding pattern uh, for games. Um, I will be picking up uh, Monster Hunter Stories too. Um, I just haven't yet. I just I just haven't gotten off my ass to play it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll probably talk about that more next week. I'll figure out something that I want to play this week. But in the meantime, we and Rusty will be playing a lot of the same with co-op. And in, in between all of that, we'll be playing other things. Give me Lost Ark for fuck's sake. Give me a fucking date. That's all I really want. So right. to find some friends of the show, or find us, yes, you can find us at TiltCast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter slash TiltCast. Um, you can find us on YouTube slash RealTiltCast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Please subscribe. Yes. Also, find friends of the show for the love of gaming. You got Cabbage KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.tv. They actually love Destiny, and if you like Destiny, you should probably listen to more of them than you do us. Right. And with that, it is the end of the show. Alrighty, peace.